It is good to be with you this morning and coming to you for, again from the auditorium of our church uh, during this COVID-19 situation. Uh, we are pleased to be able to do this. We're glad to be able to live stream and to do the podcast and do the CDs, which is what we're doing right now. But God bless you for being part of this. And uh, in a moment, we're going to open with prayer and uh, just to uh, pray for those that are sick and pray that God will bless us today. Then we're going to have a song and then um, I'll preach. Uh, let me just say, first of all, uh, that we have opened the building. If people want to come to the live stream service, you can. Um, if you would like to be present, come and sit in person in the auditorium. The only thing we are asking, we do have some guidelines set out and things like that. Um, we are asking those, according to the city and, and state guidelines, those that are um, that are older and that have certain, you know, conditions, you know, and I'm, and I'm reading from the state guideline now, people with disabilities, respiratory or cardiovascular conditions, those who might be immunocompromised and others, you know, we're just going to ask you to stay home and, and enjoy the live stream if you could. And we're going to ask you to do that. We do have some health screening questions as you come in the building that uh, on the doors. And we're going to ask you if you, you know, if you've got a fever or, or had other things in the last few days to stay home and, and not to come. We are going to ask you to wear a mask. Um, we're going to ask you to do social distancing. We're asking people, if you do come to the service, if you do come and for the live stream, we're going to ask you to not sit close together unless it's a household unit. We're asking you not to sit directly behind somebody or in front of somebody. Um, we also have changed some things around where we're not having congregational singing. We've pulled all the hymnals out of the rack, out of the book racks. And uh, we've even, we're not taking an offering in the building. What we are doing, well, we are, we do have an offering box, but we're not going to pass plates. And so um, the other thing you have to get used to is a camera sitting up here because uh, we need to discuss maybe getting another camera system or something. But uh, we'll be looking at that and talking about it. But we do have an offering box in the back. But if you're not going to be here, again, let me invite you to mail your offering in if you want to give an offering or you can use online giving. And we appreciate the ones that have been doing that. It's been very good. And, you know, we still have bills and things going on. And, you know, Lord's been good. Offerings have been down a little bit. But we're praying that they'll go up because there are some things we'd like to do in the days ahead. And uh, so be in prayer about that. Uh, you know, and most of you know I'm not a beggar. I'm not going to beg for money. Uh, I will tell people the needs and say, this is the needs and we'll pray about it. And, and, you know, Lord's always met the needs through God's people. People have given. So just be in prayer about that. But we have reopened. So if you want to come in, but please, again, we're going to ask you to follow the guidelines we have posted. We have, and it's come at your own risk. And, and, but we do have that up on the doors. Uh, in fact, I'm looking, we got yellow on the inside, the outside. We've got laminated things out there. And so uh, please, please observe those if you would. But God bless you. It is good to be with you uh, through the live stream, through the podcast and on CD. And let me just say, God bless you for listening. And I do pray the Lord will bless you. Some folks, we need some things we need to pray about as we go to the Lord in prayer. Pray for our country, number one. Pray that the Lord will bring healing to our country and that he'll work out all the different problems and give our leaders the right answers. Pray for that and pray for people to do the right thing. Pray for that. And so let's pray for our country today. And then number two, we've got somebody that's come to me and said, hey, you know, um, somebody's got cancer, we should pray for them. So do pray for somebody that we know that has cancer and pray that the Lord will bless them and heal them. Also pray for the family that is with them in this and pray that the Lord will bless. Pray for one that's recuperating from some surgery, pray that the Lord will bless them. Pray for those that have the COVID situation, COVID disease. 
Pray for those that have ALS. Pray for those that have cancer. Again, pray for those that have Parkinson's, dementia, all these other diseases. Let's pray that the Lord would give us somebody with a cure. Let's pray that the Lord would bless them. Those that have end-of-life things going on, pray for them. And uh, let's pray for one another. And also today, don't forget to pray for the nation of Israel. And then again, if I could, beg you, pray that the Lord will give revival to our church and to our city and our country. Revival. We need revival. So pray that the Lord will bring that. And I hope that the message I'm preaching, the messages I'm preaching now, will be more pointed to help bring us to that. So let's go ahead and pray this morning. And after I pray, Brother Daniel's going to sing a special song. He sang it this morning in the early service. And I, I, I did not know he, he changed his song. And he can say more about that. But it went along with the message a little bit. And so I was shocked. And so... Anyhow, so let's pray and, and then Brother Daniel will sing for you. Father, we thank you for today. We thank you for your goodness. And we thank you for the opportunity to come to people's living rooms or wherever they're at as they listen to this message and listen to the service today. I pray that your hand would be upon them. I pray you'd bless them. I pray you'd take care of them. And Father, I just pray you'd open the windows of heaven. And now, Father, I pray that you'd just be honored and glorified by all that's said and done today. Father, I pray you'd get glory out of everything. Father, glorify yourself. And now, Father, for our country, I pray for healing. I pray that you do a miracle in our country. Father, bring revival. People need Jesus Christ. Bring revival to our church, our city, and our country. And I pray the Holy Spirit would just do a work here. Father, open the windows of heaven. Pour out your Spirit now. Father, just meet needs. Glorify your name. And Father, I just pray that you would be honored. Now, Father, I pray for those that are sick today, those that are going through things. I pray you bring healing. Father, I pray you give us cures for these diseases. Father, for those that are facing other issues in life, I pray you bless them. And now, Father, for uh, the nation of Israel, I pray your blessing there. Father, for the needs our church has, for the missionaries around the world, I pray you'd meet their needs. And Father, I do again pray this morning for revival, and I pray the Holy Spirit would work. And I pray the Holy Spirit would bless, for yes, in Jesus' name, amen and amen. God bless you. Brother Daniel's going to come sing for you at this time. Brother Daniel, come on, my friend. Well, good morning. As he said, I changed my song last minute. I had another song on my heart uh, that I felt Lord was leading me to to share, and I'll share the same testimony I was kind of talking about this morning during the early morning service. I was thinking about this song. The name of the song I'm singing today is Four Days Late. And people say, well, no, it's supposed to be three. You know, Jesus rose from the dead. Well, actually, no, this is a different story. It's the story of Lazarus. He was in the grave for four days. Jesus came back. Well, you'll hear it in the song, but it talks about God's timing and how we might be saying, Lord, why has this happened? We got coronavirus. We got all these protests and unrest and just seems like hatefulness in our world right now. But the more we ask, the more we have to realize that it's it's God's timing. He has his plan for things. And so this morning, I hope this song, Four Days Late, blesses your heart. The news came to Jesus. Please confess. Lazarus is sick without your help. He will not last. Mary and Martha, watch 
watched their brother die. They waited for Jesus. He did not come. They wonder why. Death watch was over. Even buried for days. Somebody said he'll soon be here. Lord's on his way. Martha ran to him, and then she cried. Lord, if you had been here, you could have healed him. He'd still be alive. But you're four days late, and almost gone. For we don't understand why you waited so long. But His way is God's way, not yours or mine. And isn't it great when He's four days late that He's still on time? Jesus said, Martha. Show me the grave. But she said, Lord, you just don't understand. He's been buried for four days. The grave stone, it was rolled back. Then Jesus cried. All Lazarus come forth. Then somebody said, He's alive. He's alive. He's alive. He's alive. He's alive. He's alive. Oh, you might be fighting a battle of fear. You've cried to the Lord, I need you now, but he has not appeared. Friend, don't be discouraged. Cause he's still the same You'll soon be here And he'll roll back the stone And he'll fall out your day Oh, and our hope is gone For we don't understand Why you waited so long Amen. Appreciate that, Brother Daniel. Do appreciate that. And let me just say again, God bless you for joining us. And do pray that the Lord will bless you this morning for being with us through the live stream. And do pray that the Lord will bless you. And uh, if you would, if you have your Bible, 
Let me encourage you to look at John chapter 9 in your Bible. John chapter 9, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. John chapter 9, we'll be looking there. And uh, it's kind of amazing how the uh, uh, message goes along a little bit with the song Brother Daniel sang about Lazarus and time. And so it's kind of amazing with that. And uh, But I want you to turn to John 9. Again, we will have service tonight, then Wednesday night 7. It is optional. You come, you know, use your best judgment if you do want to come. But again, we do have the guidelines we're going to ask you to go by. And so if nobody shows up, we're still going to do the live stream. And so but let me just say, God bless you. And I do pray that you'll, you'll just be encouraged by all that's said and done in this hour. John chapter 9 in your Bible, if you have it. If you don't have your Bible and you want to look on an iPad, you can do that. Or you can look on your smartphone. Or uh, if you're driving down the road, do me a favor. Don't open your Bible. So anyhow, if you're listening on podcasts or something like that. And so, but uh, let me encourage you. John chapter 9 in your Bible. John chapter 9. And I want to read. And if you don't have your Bible, just listen. And again, I pray the Lord will bless you. And, uh, and uh, notice what the Bible says down in verse 1. John chapter 9, look down at verse 1. And as Jesus passed by, he saw a man which was blind from his birth, and his disciples asked him, saying, Master, who did sin, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? Verse 3. Jesus answered, Neither hath this man sinned nor his parents, but that the works of God should be made manifest in him. I must work the works of him that sent me while it is day. The night cometh when no man can work. As long as I am in the world, I am the light of the world. When he had thus spoken, he spat on the ground and made clay of the spittle and anointed the eyes of the blind man with the clay and said unto him, Go wash in the pool of Siloam, which is by interpretation sent. He went his way, therefore, and washed and came seeing. Let's pray this morning and ask God to bless our time in the Word of God. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your goodness. Father, I pray the Holy Ghost of God would just do a work now. Give us what we need. Father, help me to preach the truth of your Word. Father, I preach this message once this morning to the 930 service. I pray that you'd use this now in this live stream service, that you would just bless. I pray the Holy Spirit of God would work. I pray you'd give me the message you want me to preach. And now, Father, use it for your honor and glory and touch hearts for us in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Now, I want to do a little bit of verse by verse by way of introduction, if I can. And I want to look at verses 1, 2, 3, and 4, uh, a little bit of verse by verse. And and some of you that may have heard me preach before may have heard some of these things before, but I, I do want to go back over them because I think they're very important in our day and age. I do really think they're important, especially with some of the false teaching going on today and things of that nature. But let's look down at verse 1 and notice what it says. As Jesus passed by, he saw a man which was blind from his birth. Now, Jesus encountered a man who was blind. But notice what the Bible says here. Here's a man who was blind from birth. He was born blind. Understand that. So we're meeting a man, Jesus is meeting a man who was born blind. Look at verse 2. And his disciples asked him, saying, Master, who did sin? This man or his parents said he was born blind. Now here we have the question of the disciples. Now the question of the disciples is actually a twofold question. Uh, and, and so notice what they're saying here. They believed, the disciples believed, that his blindness was due to sin. Did you catch that? They said, who... The, the and verse 2 again, and his disciples uh, asked him, saying, Master, who did sin? This man or his parents, he was born blind. In other words, they believe his blindness was due to sin. Now, let me just tell you, there was a common thought in that day and age, and, and again, it's a common thought in our day also, that, that all illness is a result of sin. And there was a common thought in that day and age that if you were sick, you had problems, it was a result of sin. Blindness was a result of sin, lameness was a result of sin, things like that. Now, let me answer that real quick and say this. Number one, 
some illness is due to sin. Some is due to sin. You go to 1 Corinthians chapter 11 and verse 30, you will read there how the church at Corinth had abused the Lord's Supper. They abused it there, and, and as a result, some of them had gotten sick, and some of them even died as a result of their abuse of the Lord's Supper. Think about that for a little bit. So we do see that some sickness is due to sin. But what I want you to understand, not all sickness is due to sin. Not all sickness is due to sin. Now, somebody may be listening to me and say, Brother Scott, I disagree with you on that. I believe if somebody's sick, somebody has problems, it's due to sin. Well, you have a problem then. Why? Because Jesus in verse 3 refutes that teaching. Jesus refutes it. Look at verse 3. Jesus answered, Neither hath this man sinned nor his parents, but that the works of God should be made manifest in him. Do you see what Jesus said? It's not all due to sin. My friend, if you study the Scriptures out, you go follow the Bible out, you will search the Scripture, and you, you, will, you will find several things. You will find that the Bible reveals several reasons that illness comes to people. You have it here in verse 3. You go to John chapter 11 and read the account of a Lazarus who got sick, who died. You will find there in John eleven four, 4, he talks about how his sickness was for the glory of God and bring glory to Jesus himself. Now, as I said, though, as I said, some people teach, some people teach that all sickness is a result of sin. And again, they add problems to it. If you have problems in your life, it's a result of sin. That's what they say. That's what they say. Can I tell you something? Hear what I said this morning. That is not true. That is not true. Let me say it a third time. That is not true. You, and, and I'm just going to say it out. That is false teaching. If somebody's getting up saying all sickness is a result of sin, that is false teaching. Now, somebody's going to protest and say, Preacher, you shouldn't say that. Some people are not going to like you saying that. You need to be a little bit nicer on that. Well, let me just say something. Let me just say something. If something is not true, what is it? False, right? If it's not true, it is false. And so, folks, if they're teaching things that are not true, then they're teaching that which is false. So if they're not teaching true doctrine, they're teaching false doctrine. Understand that. And it's time we started standing up and saying, hey, not everything everybody's teaching is true. I mean, it can't be one person teaching this and one person teaching this, and they're diametrically opposed to each other. You cannot, they're, excuse me, not together, but opposed to each other. You cannot say they're both right. One of them is wrong. Now, the second thing we see here is not only did they believe that all sickness was a result of sin, these disciples believed that the baby could sin in the womb before it was born. Now, did you catch that? Notice what they said here. They said, who did sin, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? Now, let me, let me, let me ask you. In other words, they want to know, did he sin that he was born blind? Which the obvious thought behind that is, is that then that means he had to sin in his mother's womb before he was born. Now, you say, Brother Scott, that is crazy. No, some people believed that back then. Some back then taught that. Now, I'm not going to go into all that, but that, I'm just telling you some people taught that. Now, I want to insert something right here. And that is this. You know, you see a young man here or a man that is born blind. You know, when you look at that, you know, right here is when people start asking all the whys. You know, people start saying, why was he this? Or why did this happen to me? Or why did I get sick? Or why? Sometimes, you know, somebody may call you and say, I don't understand why this is going on in my life. 
or I don't understand why I caught this disease, or I don't understand this, or I don't understand why I'm having to go through this, or whatever. Can I tell you something? Sometimes when people call you and ask those questions, sometimes i got to answer, and sometimes you may have to answer, and we've got to admit, we don't know all the reasons why. We don't know all the reasons why. You Sometimes you may have to say, I'm sorry, I don't know what to tell you. I don't know why you're going through this. The only thing you and I can do is offer them encouragement. We can offer them an ear to hear. We can offer them a shoulder to cry on or something like that. But you know what? When things do happen to us, what can you and I do? What can you and I do when we do face the heartaches of life? What can you and I do when we do face that bad illness that comes on us? What can we do? Well, I put down three things I think would be good for us. Number one, look at ourselves. Look at ourselves. In other words, take a spiritual assessment of ourselves. I mean, it could be that we did go through something because of sin. But on the other side, it could be that maybe we just made a bad decision and brought some of these things upon ourselves, you know. We made bad decisions. and uh, Or it could be that maybe God's trying to teach us something. Or it could be that the Lord is preparing us for something else. Or it could be, who knows? I don't know all the answers why. I don't understand. Like I said, you ought to, if you've got a reference Bible, one of the things I did is I was, uh, I was uh, studying for this message. Uh, I bought a new Bible. I finally got a new Bible that I, I, I really like, and I think I'm going to hang with this one. I know some of you that have been around our church for a while know that I've been jumping Bible to Bible to Bible to find. You know, my old Bible was falling apart. Uh, it was taped up on the outside and the inside. You know, my wife is sitting here listening to me today for the first time in church. And she's smiling at me right now because she saw me go through these Bibles. And in fact, I've got how many sitting at the house in a stack I've tried to use. She's just shaking her head at me right now. And so, um, but anyhow, I've got, I've got these Bibles sitting here that I've been trying to use and, and trying to find a certain kind. And I couldn't ever find it. And finally, I went and bought this. And, but what I did is I started going through the references in the center. And, and I started following the references out on this verse right here. And it took me and showed me different things. I started looking the different reasons people had illness in that day and age. And you can study the Bible out and you can find that. Folks, we don't know all the answers. We don't know all the whys. But one of the things we can do is look at ourselves and do a spiritual assessment when things come. You know, is there something I need to learn from this? Number three, number number two, and I just jumped into the second one. Second thing we can do when these things happen is we can ask ourselves, what can I learn? What can I learn by going through this? What can I learn during this time? It's kind of like during the COVID situation. I had a chance to kind of look at myself a little bit during the downtime. I did. had a chance to look at myself. Uh, work and, and church and things like that, I, I, I had a chance to kind of look at myself. I had a chance to look at our church. I had a chance to think about some things. And, and um, you know, I've made some decisions lately that three, four months ago, I'd have never made. I would have never made. But you know what? During this time, I kind of looked and what can I learn from this? And I've done some things that I never intended to do. You know, I'm looking at some things now to present to our church that I'll be honest, I never thought we'd be thinking about doing. I never, you say, bro, Scott, what in the world is that? I've already mentioned one of them about expanding our 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 on online presence you know i never dreamed about us doing the facebook and the live uh you know live stream and podcast and you know people used to tell me podcasts i said i'll never be doing that and you know what we're doing it now and uh you know we got cds going out and and we have and by the way we have an opportunity to possibly go to two more platforms free of charge you know and uh we just got to get the equipment for it and stuff like that but then there's something else and but think about it you can ask yourself the question what can i learn from this Good question. 
But then there's a third thing you can do, is that is this. Whenever things happen to us, whenever we go through problems, whenever we have that sickness, we must realize that we live in a fallen world. You say, what do you mean by that? We live in a sin-corrupted world. And because of that, we have death. The Bible says, wherefore is by one man sinned entered the world, and death by sin. So death passed upon all men because all have sinned. We live in a sinful world, therefore all of us are going to die one of these days. We live in a sinful world, therefore there is sickness. We live in a sinful world, therefore there are thorns on bushes. We live in a sinful world, therefore you do have all these things. You have droughts, you have hurricanes, you have tornadoes, you have this, you have that. Because we live in an imperfect world. We live in that. We have to realize that. We have to realize it. Now, so think about the question in verse 2. But then look at Jesus' response in verse 3. Let's jump to verse 3. Jesus answered, neither at this man's sin nor his parents, but that the works of God should be made manifest in him. Now, notice Jesus answers the question. He answers the question, and it's a twofold answer, a twofold answer. Number one, he said he's not sick because of sin. Did you get that? It's not because he is not blind because somebody sinned. The second thing we see here is Jesus makes it known he is blind because God has a purpose for his life. Think about that. God has a purpose for his life. You know, I think about that. One of the things that jumps out at me tells me every life is precious, is it not? Every life is precious. It doesn't matter who they are, you know? Uh, you know, Jesus loves the little children, all the children of the world. You know, red and yellow, black and white, they are precious in his sight. Now, it doesn't matter who it is. You know, their life has value and meaning and purpose. But God has a purpose for the things that happen. You know, one of the answers, you know, and when you look at this verse and you start thinking, man, he was born blind and God has a purpose for it, that's one of those answers that we often don't understand or we often question. You know, how can God have a purpose in his blindness? Well, you know, in our text, you know what, what one of the things was? One of the things was this. One of the th reasons he was blind was so that one day Jesus could come by and heal him. You said, bro, Scott, I don't understand that. I don't either. But you know what? We may not understand everything that happens here on this earth, but you know what? One of these days, we're going to stand it all by and by. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians that we 13 that we see through a glass darkly, but one of these days, we'll, we'll see face to face. Folks, right now, we don't know everything, but one of these days when we're in heaven with God, we'll know it all. Can I tell you that? We'll understand it all. As the old song said, better by and by, you know. And uh, we'll understand everything. We may not know now, but one of these days we will. We will. Now, brings me down to verse 4. Verse 4, our text. I must work the works of him that sent me. Jesus continues, I must work the works of him that sent me while it is day. The night cometh when no man can work. Now, follow that. He said, I must work the works of him that sent me while it is day. The night cometh when no man can work. Now, I want you to think about that for a minute. Think about it. In that day... Work was done during the daytime hours, during the daylight hours. Why? Well, their society wasn't like ours. You know, they didn't have electric light. They didn't have electricity and things like that. So when it got dark, guess what? It got dark. And, uh, you know, just couldn't run in the house and flip the lights on. You know, you just couldn't go down and turn the street lights on. You couldn't go down and get a generator and pull it and flip it on and get all the big lights. You know, I've been kind of watching some of the... Uh, uh, construction on 440, driving up and down it once in a while, seeing what they're doing. And, and once in a while, you'll see them big light sets out there, and they, boom, you know, it's almost like daylight in that area. They didn't have any of that. So basically, when it came to when the sun went down, work went down. When it came, the sun was ended. Uh, when the sun uh, was no longer up, the people had to stop working. They worked during the daytime hours. Now, when you think about that and think about the context, look what Jesus is saying. 
I must work the works of him that sent me while it is day. The night cometh when no man can work. Now, there's a couple things here. Number one, Jesus had a divine mission. Think about that. He had a divine mission. He said, I must work the works of him that sent me. Did you catch that? A divine mission. Number two, the second thing is one day his time would come to an end. Notice the last part of that. While it is day, the night cometh when no man can work. You know what the idea is? One day, Jesus is saying, I've got to do what God has sent me to do because, or the Heavenly Father has sent me to do, because one day my time to do it will be over. See, Jesus was speaking of doing what the Heavenly Father had commissioned Him to do before His time on earth came to an end. By the way, many, many scholars or some scholars uh, see the night there is referring to Jesus' death, referring to His death. Now, I want you to think about that. Jesus talking about His divine mission. Jesus is talking about time, His time. He had to do it while He had time before His time ran out. Now, I want you to think with me about that reference to time. I want you to think. Now, I want to give you two thoughts this morning. Two thoughts to, to think about. Two thoughts in reference to what Jesus said, I must work the works of Him that sent me. While it is day, the night cometh when no man can work. That time reference, when time is going to run out. Now, let me give you the two thoughts. Number one, one day time will run out for all of us. Did you catch that? One day time will run out for all of us. You say, what do you mean by that, Brother Scott? Well, let me give you three answers to it. What do I mean one day time is going to run out by all of us? One of these days, each of us is going to die. Each of us is going to die. You know, the Bible says in Hebrews chapter 9 and verse 27 that it is appointed unto man once to die, but after that, the judgment. One of these days, all of us are going to pass through that veil known as death. Unless Jesus comes back for the child of God, all of us are going to die. Second thing I'm pointing to, life is short. Life is short, the shortness of life. James 4.14 says, what is your life? It's even a vapor, a vapor that appeareth for a little time, then vanisheth away. You think about a kettle on a stove with that boiling water and you see the vapor come out of it and it appears and all of a sudden the next thing you know it's gone. He said that's what your life is like. It's short, shortness of life. You know, as I thought about this, I thought about all the funerals I've ever done in my life. You said, boy, that's kind of morbid, Brother Scott. Well, you know, I've done a lot of funerals. And uh, I've done a lot of them. And I've done them from two days old. My wife can tell you, she sang at that one. Uh, out here in Smyrna, Tennessee, one January morning. Boy, that was cold, you know. Two days old, eight months old. I've, you know, all the way up, teenagers, all the way up to people in their 90s. I've done funerals all the way. Folks, two days to 90s. Life is short. And folks, let me tell you this. Even if you make 90 years, it's still short when you think about the history of mankind. It's still short when you think about eternity that's going to last forever. 90 years is short. Folks, life is short. And death is going to come. But then the third thing you need to consider when we talk about this, Jesus is going to return one day. And then what's going to happen? All these end-time events are going to start falling into place. What am I trying to point your attention to? One of these days, time is going to run out for all of us. Me, you, everybody, time is going to run out. And you and I need to understand that. So the first point I want to make is this. One day, time will run out for all of us. Number two, the second thing I want you to see is this, and it's more of a question. I want to ask you a question. Point number two, I want to ask you a question. And that is this. Are there some things we need to do before time runs out? Think about that. Are there some things 
that you and I need to do before time runs out. Now think about that. Time is going to run out on you and I one of these days. One of these days you and I are going to die. Life is short. Jesus can come back tonight. Are there some things you and I need to do before time runs out? Well, I thought about that. Let me give you four things. Four things to think about this morning before time runs out that I believe you ought to do. Number one, be sure you are saved. Did you catch me? Did you catch what I said? Be sure that you're saved. Now, I know somebody's going to say, Brother Scott, I've been listening to your live stream for a little bit for a while now. And you emphasize that a lot. Yes, I do. Probably now more than I ever have in my life. Probably now more than ever. You said, Brother Scott, why are you emphasizing it so much? Why? I, I put down three reasons. Number one, because... Everyone needs to be ready to meet God. You need to be ready to meet God. I need to be ready to meet God. Second reason is because there is a real hell. There is a real hell. Just like there's a heaven, there is a hell. And I, I love the old song, there's a heaven to gain and a hell to shun. There is a real hell. Third reason is because the only way to God is through Jesus Christ. The only way to God is through Jesus I got to thinking about this just as I was preaching, it hit me. And it could be, too, we are seeing prophetic events line up in America. You said, whoa, whoa, wait a minute, what are you talking about? All the stuff hitting our country, I wonder if Bible prophecy is getting ready to hit. All the prophecies in the Bible in the end times, I wonder if we're getting close to the trumpet sounding and Jesus taking His church out of this world. You say, how can you say that? I thought about that. I thought about preaching a message. Is America lining herself up for the end of Bible, for the end times of prophecy? It could be. Who knows? But folks, I know I emphasize it a lot lately, but it's like this, the old time evangelist. Somebody asked an old time evangelist, an evangelist of yesteryear. They said, why do you preach on the subject you must be born again so much? And he looked at him and he said, it's because you must be born again. What did Jesus say? Except a man be born again, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. My friend, unless you're born again, saved, they both mean the same thing. Unless you come to Christ for salvation, you'll never enter the pearly gates of heaven, as people say. You'll never walk the streets of gold. You'll never see Jesus. You'll never meet God. You will never do it unless you know Jesus is your Savior. You need to be saved. You need to be sure that you're saved, that you're a child of God, my friend. Please, I beg you, get it settled today. Why? Today is the accepted time, the Bible says. You may not have tomorrow. Time may run out today. You may never hear another, another message I preach. Never. I may not get to preach another message. I'm scheduled to preach here at 6 o'clock tonight. But you know what? We were talking a while ago between services about what songs, I mentioned it in the morning service, about what songs I want in my funeral. Uh, be still my soul and and finally home. And my wife keeps telling me to write it down. I've never written it down. And I played them between the service. And I'm like, you know what? Tonight, tomorrow, my wife could be preparing my funeral. She could be doing that. And nobody will come. You say, what do you mean nobody will come, bro? Scott? Well, they're not allowed. It's COVID time, you know? And so, but, uh, but folks, what am I trying to tell you? People need Jesus because we don't know when. 
You don't know when. You say, Brother Scott, I'm a church member. That's good, but that won't save you. You need to be saved. You say, I treat people right. Well, I'm glad you do, but you need to be saved. You say, well, I do good to others. I'm glad you do. You need to be saved. I give to the church. I'm glad you do, but you need to be saved. You know, I, uh, I've been baptized. Well, I'm glad. That won't save you. You need to be saved. My friends, you need to be ready because time could run out. You need to be ready. Number one, you need to be saved to know it. Number two, and I must hurry. Number two, second thing, commit your life to serving the Lord Jesus Christ. Commit yourself to serving the Lord Jesus Christ. The old quip says, only one life will soon be passed. Only what's done for Christ will last. My friend, can I encourage you today before time runs out to commit your life to serving Jesus Christ? People today are committed to everything under the sun. They're committed to saving the environment. They're committed to saving the whales. They're committed to saving this, saving this. You can go on down. What about committing your life to serve Christ so that you can save people from hell? You said, boy, that's pretty point blank. Uh-huh. Folks, people need Jesus Christ. People need Jesus. I mean, people today are so caught up in everything else. They're caught up in building big houses. They're caught up in getting all these big toys, boats, and all these other things, and all this special stuff. They're caught up in all these things. But what are you doing for eternity? What are you doing to serve the Lord? I shared in the morning service that I talked to somebody recently in another city about about people wanting to move to that city because of the prestige of buying certain houses and things like that. And they told me these people are buying houses. They're spending everything they got on these houses. But when you walk in the house, they don't have the money to buy the furniture inside. That's a sad statement, is it not? That you're buying the house for the prestige, yet you can't even afford the furniture to furnish it? But you know what's sad? I've always heard over the years that people... What you do for Christ here furnishes that home you're going to have in heaven there. I don't know how true that is, but let me just tell you this. One of these things about it, how would you like to go to heaven, get in by the skin of your teeth, but have no rewards, nothing to show for it? My friends, serve Christ now. You know, people today are caught up in all kinds of things here on this earth. They're caught up in, in doing this. And Jesus said in Matthew chapter 6, verse 19, Lay not up for yourselves treasures upon earth where moth and rust doth corrupt and where thieves break through and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust doth corrupt and where thieves do not break through and steal. You know, folks, one of these days, you and I are going to leave this world and everything we have is going to be sold in an auction or passed down somebody that doesn't care about us or something like that. And, but what are you going to lay up in heaven? Can I encourage you now? Serve Christ now. Commit yourself to serving the Lord Jesus Christ. There are people out there that need to be saved, that need Jesus. Commit yourself to being part of God's work to get the gospel out. One of the things our world needs today is Jesus. They need the message of Jesus, which is a message of peace and love, is it not? Jesus will bring peace and it will cause you to love your neighbor. I put down a third thing. Not only be sure that you're saved, commit yourself to serving Christ. Number three, Make things right with others. Before it's over with, before time runs out, do you need to make some things right with somebody else? Huh? Do you need to do that? Do you need to make things right with somebody? You know, maybe you need to make some things right with somebody else. Won't you do it right now? 
You know, the Bible has a great passage on that in Matthew chapter 5, verse 22, 23, and 24. I was only going to read verses 23 and 24, but then I read verse 22, and I thought, man, this is all goes together. You know what he said in Matthew 5, 22? But I say unto you that whosoever is angry with his brother without a cause shall be in danger of the judgment. And whosoever shall say to his brother Raka shall be in danger of the council. But whosoever shall say thou fool shall be in danger of hell fire. Therefore thou bring thy gift to the altar, and there rememberest that thy brother hath ought against thee. Leave there thy gift before the altar, and go thy way. First be reconciled to thy brother, and then come and offer thy gift. You know what he's saying? He's saying, make things right with others. You got somebody you're mad at? Get it right. Somebody's mad at you? Get it right. Somebody you can't get along with? Get it right. You know, what about parents? Maybe some of you need to go to your parents and say, I'm sorry. You know how many? Would love to go to a parent and say, I'm sorry for everything I've ever done. But they can't because the parent's gone. Do it now before they're gone. Love your parents now. Respect them now. How many have ever seen that thing that goes around, give them flowers now and not at their funeral, huh? Maybe you need to go make some things right with your mom and dad or your mom or your grandparents. Or maybe you need to make some things right with a brother or sister or another relative. Why don't you do it now? You may not have them forever. I talked to somebody a while back that had, they had a big family and they're the only one left of all their brothers and sisters. My friend, before time runs out, make it right. Maybe you've got a friend that you've had a falling out with. You know, why don't you make it right now? Maybe a church family member that you've had ought against. Why don't you get it right now? Maybe the reason we have no revival today is because Christians won't get things right with each other. I, uh, I told this in an early service that that um, I, uh, I, I love Jack Chick tracks. You know, some of them I think are, you know, out there, but I, for the most part, I love them. He's got one, I think it's called Why No Revival. And in there, it talks about church people and it shows two church people sitting on a pew. And on that pew, they're looking at each other and they're smiling, you know, and you see the smile on the face and everything. But then it also shows what they're thinking and in their thoughts toward each other are daggers aimed at each other. Folks, it shouldn't be that way. Make things right. Make things right. Because folks, they not be, may not be around. But the other thing about it is, if you want to be right with God, you need to make things right. You say, whoa, how can you say that? Well, he says here, leave your gift at the altar and go make it right. Matthew chapter 16, he talks about if you've got ought, get it right. Get it right. Get it right. Now, I realize some people won't let you get it right. I realize some people won't. You know, I, but you got to try. You got to try. I know I, I've had people, I had somebody mad at me years ago. I went to them, tried to make it right. And you know what happened? Every time I tried to make it right, it seemed like I just kept digging the hole deeper and I was up to here. You know, but you got to make that effort. The sad part about it, there are families that won't talk to each other because somebody got offended about something years ago. There are children won't, and parents that are on the outs. They need to make it right because one of these days they'll be gone. You know, make it right. Cousins, sisters, brothers, aunts, uncles, make it right. If you need to say, I'm sorry, if you need to make it right, get it right. But my friends, before it's too late, before time runs out, make things right with somebody else. And then let me say the last thing this morning and I'll be done. Be a witness for Jesus before time runs out. Be a witness for Jesus before time runs out. My friend, do you have a family member who's lost? Why don't you tell them about Jesus?
before it's too late. Before it's too late for you and them. Do you have a friend that's lost? Why don't you tell them about Jesus before it's too late? Or at least try. Do you have a neighbor that's lost? Tell them about Jesus. I had somebody recently that I know passed away uh, within the last couple of years. I believe they were saved, but I wasn't sure. I wish I could go back and ask them for sure. I believe they were, but I wasn't sure. Somebody I know. I, uh, at, at home, I've got another prayer list, and on that prayer list, I've got some people's names down that I'm praying for for salvation. And I've prayed for an open door with somebody that I didn't have an open door with before. And the Lord now is opening a door with them. But recently I had a chance, well, I was in a discussion with them, and they don't go to our church, they don't watch our live stream, nothing. But I've been praying for their salvation, and we got to talk about spiritual things. I made one mistake in that conversation. Yes, talked about getting saved and how important it is, but I didn't look at them point blank and said, hey, what about you? And I feel like I failed there a little bit. I'm hoping I can get another chance to talk to them about Jesus before it is too late. You know what Jesus said? I must work the works of him that sent me while it is day. Night cometh when no man can work. My friend, do you need to make Christ your Savior today before it's too late? Why don't you do it today? You say, Brother Scott, I don't know how. Well, here's how you do it. Number one, first thing you got to do in order to be saved is you got to admit your need of Jesus. You got to admit that you need, a Jesus. you need Jesus. Why? Because you are a sinner. And as a sinner, you're separated from God. And as a sinner, you're guilty. And one of these days, you're going to have to face that judgment of God. And you cannot save yourself. You need a Savior. So first thing, you got to admit your need of Jesus. Number two, you got to believe on Jesus Christ. Believe in who He is. Believe He's the Son of God who left the glory of heaven, came, went to the cross, died for you, was buried, rose again so you could have eternal life. But He died in your place on that cross to take your substitute, to be your substitute, to take your penalty for sin. And then number three, you got to call out to Him in faith with a repentant heart. My friend, you can call out to Him with a repentant heart, understanding you're a sinner, broken God's law. And you know what? If you will do that and say, Lord, I've sinned against you, forgive me and save me. And if you mean it from your heart, you know what He'll do? He'll save you. My friend, do it before it's too late. Now, maybe you're listening, you are saved. Can I encourage you to commit yourself to serving Christ while there's time? Can I encourage you, if there's something you need to make right with somebody else, do it. Is there somebody you need to witness to? Do it, please. Please, share Christ with them. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your goodness. Bless those under the sound of my voice. I pray the Holy Spirit would encourage their heart. I pray the Holy Spirit would bless them. And now, Father, I just pray that you would open the windows of heaven. Do a work. For we ask in Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. Thanks for listening.